0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Trent Collars podcast. My guest today was Joseph of Humble You Media. We had a great conversation, touched on a bunch of different topics. I think you guys will enjoy it. I certainly did. Let's get into it. And we're live. Joseph, thanks so much for joining me today, man. I really appreciate it. Hey,
1: thank you so much. And I appreciate this opportunity. I'm excited to see where we go. You know, we have everything kind of in the unknown for for where we're going to head because there's no questions. There's no specific order. We don't even have a topic. So I'm very excited (laughs) to see uh, where we end up.
0: Absolutely. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners? That way they know who you are. Beautiful. Yeah. So
1: my name is Joseph. I am the founder and um, owner of Humble You Media, which provides coaching and media Um, focused around the conscious and unconscious mind. Most of the coaching is on the self and getting that ego connected to the self, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about. Um, And then the media is all about this idea of the ego and self. Most of my content is based off of Carl Jung's work and specifically his newer releases, uh, The Red Book and Black Books, which I've been providing commentary on YouTube, Um, And yeah, I also speak with individuals, like I said, coaching, and I'm going to start doing some group teachings surrounding the idea of self and ego.
0: Excellent. Excellent. How did you get uh on the path towards young we were talking before the podcast and you know we we're talking about how it's pretty rare to find people that are interested in this or actually taking the steps down this path so i'm pretty curious i know that you were a weatherman um, and you talked about the media and stuff like that i'm curious if your experiences within that realm is potentially what propelled you to start looking at deeper aspects of yourself and deeper aspects of consciousness
1: Yeah, yeah, it really was the weather. When I moved from New Jersey, uh, if you're familiar with New Jersey, a little bit more hectic, you move from New Jersey to Vermont, it's a little bit more open. And I was able to really connect with something. And then I'm studying these formulas, and I'm studying the weather. And I'm like, wow you know, there's something out there. There's something very intelligent. But I was so focused on my ego on getting on TV that I lost that essence, that spirit that I was connecting with uh, in Vermont. I moved to Michigan. I started working for a CBS affiliate, uh, number one station in the in the area. And it was a nice little honeymoon. But then I started noticing some fakeness in the world, fakeness in the news. And I wasn't happy with it because I really do live on truth and I have a nice little heart in me. So um, I started pulling away from the news and I pulled away and actually left the industry and really entered into myself. I didn't know what there was out there that I wanted. I wanted to find meaning. And I felt like everything was meaningless. Everything was sort of fake. And um, through this dive into myself, I started picking up on this logos within me, the spirit within me. I was picking up on intelligence. And then I came to Jung's work. And it was his work that connected my experience. And I said, huh, this guy's speaking about something that I just experienced. This is real stuff. And he's a psychologist that I've heard of, but I hear more about Freud. So I started digging into Jung, and it was just unbelievable the amount of work that he's left us. And it was just from there that took me off into coaching and where I am today.
0: That's excellent. And I'll share a little bit of my story. You know, some of the listeners already know that I went through a period of intense synchronicity. um, And I imagine it's similar to what you felt. And my question is, did you feel like you experienced an utter break of your own psyche and your perceptions of reality that sort of led you on this journey because that's what happened to me is i went through a period of synchronicity that just took my consciousness my perceptions of reality and ripped them to shreds threw them on the ground lit them on fire and basically hit a moment where i either was going to hop in the ocean and never come back or i was going to completely rebuild myself and my perceptions and my consciousness. And like you were saying, I did that without knowing who Carl Jung was. And then finding Carl Jung later on really helped me articulate the process that I went through. And I'm curious if that was your experience as well yeah yeah yeah
1: it's that you know we we all have our own egos and we believe the world is how we see it and how we perceive it and we have our beliefs our inner um opinions and then all of a sudden like yours was on synchronicity mine was seeing meaninglessness and my dream job the american dream just not fulfilling me um it's this moment where you think what is uh is there and, and you look at it and you're like wait that's not what i thought it was huh and it's, it's a tough, they call that the dark night of the soul, I guess you can call it that. Um, it's a tough moment because it's a earth shatterer. But in order to build a new consciousness, a new awareness, to be open to what is, you got to get rid of that old consciousness, that old way of thinking. So um, yeah, I could definitely relate to what you're saying. Now, I'm interested, I'm going to throw a question back at you, if that's okay. Um, Absolutely. But the synchronicities, for me, they they always seem to come when somebody's uh, it has tasted that other realm has really opened up to that other realm um it, for me when i started getting it to myself after i left tv then the synchronicities all started popping up for example i'm sitting in uh, chick-fil-a somebody came up to me out of nowhere and was like god led me to you to talk to you and for you to give me words of advice and this is before i was thinking about doing coaching or any of that um so it's just amazing you know the synchronicities really do pop up and they're earth shattering at first, especially you get to a point where you're so used to it. You're like, "Ah, how about that? Another synchronicity. Um, but for you, was it, was it something that led to those synchronicities then being in awareness or was it the synchronicities really that did it for you?
0: It was the synchronicities for sure that did it. Um, so I was always into psychedelic exploration and I always was very open, um, but I was in the military and I was in a special operations community and I was completely consumed by the shadow aspect of the warrior. I mean, like completely identified my persona with this archetypal figure to the point where I was really experiencing all the negative effects of it, as far as being completely unable to emotionally connect with people, even myself, because I was so focused and driven towards a goal and towards achieving that goal and embodying the, characteristics that I thought that I would need to get me to that point. Um so I was living in that for a long time and I was enjoying myself, you know, and I thought that I was a decently spiritual, decently open individual um was not at all um I was completely consumed by my ego and my persona and then when I went through my periods of synchronicity, I mean I completely lost faith in any sort of system of governance that we live under, especially in America. This is while I was in the military at the time, com- became completely disillusioned with the military, with the media, everything like that. Um, and which was a huge aspect of it that I realized I was in a position where I was gonna go fight and die for politicians that were utterly corrupt. you know. And here I was thinking that I was going to fulfill this grand heroic journey, um, which utterly wasn't the case had my heart broken at the same time this was going down. Um, so multiple avenues like that, all coalescing within a probably two to three month period. Um, and at this time I was also getting kicked out of my special operations community because I was resisting the COVID quarantine mandates. Cause we were spending weeks of our lives locked in isolation, um, which probably was actually a good thing cuz it led me to this path but at the time i was so utterly disgusted with it cuz i was like you're literally locking us in a box no sunlight nothing like that for weeks on end you know i spent 5 weeks on house arrest you know basically for for covid and um it was really baffling to watch all this go down so all of this was happening it was just completely breaking down my perceptions of reality um and then when i got my heart broke that was really what allowed me to sit back And start looking at the way that I was not only interacting with everything around me, but really interacting with myself, because I realized how much of my emotional trauma I was projecting onto that relationship and onto that girl. And I realized that it really wasn't even heartbreak. It was my own repressed trauma that was leading me to project that onto her and feel these emotions that i hadn't been able to feel because i'd been so consumed by that warrior that i had shut all that out because i thought it was weakness um and that is what led me to really start to explore all of these different ideas and stuff and i just stopped everything i started just sitting with myself i stopped watching tv Um, I stopped partying, I stopped going to bars, anything like that. Um, I was living on a tropical island at the time, which I was really grateful for, and I really loved it there um, on Guam. So I would literally just go sit on my paddleboard in the ocean for hours on end, without any other sort of stimulus or anything like that, and just be present with myself and try to see what it was that my psyche was trying to show me, even though I couldn't articulate what was going on at the time. I was open to the experience and I'd known enough through prior psychedelic trips and uh, exploration and being interested in aspects of that culture that I was like, okay, I'm open to this. Let's sit with this. Let's see where it goes. And then also uh, doing dream work and stuff, being open to what was being shown to me in dreams. Cause I was having incredibly, incredibly vivid dreams um, that were really outlining where I needed to go um, and luckily I was open enough to sit with that and experience that um, and try to integrate it into my life. Um, and then thought I basically had a psychological breakdown, you know, like was having people basically tell me that I was having a psychological breakdown cause I was throwing away everything that they saw that created my life and created my reputation and what gave me meaning and fulfillment. They saw me throwing all of that away And they just couldn't even comprehend. And I could barely really articulate at the time what was going on to them as well. Um, Like what I was actually going through and the depth of of meaning of life that I was starting to experience and starting to explore. Um, And that's basically how I got to this path and how I started going down this path and really, really starting to educate myself on. Different thinkers like Carl Jung and stuff like that, that were just helping me articulate what I already knew and had found to be real and my own perception of reality. I have some goosebumps. You
1: probably can't see it because, uh, you know, the camera's not so great, but I got goosebumps because your story's exactly to almost the exact degree, you know, besides where you were on the island and all the other But it was a girl that also helped push me into myself Um, after I left TV. It was I had one thing to cling to, and it was her. And then when she left, it was just me. Um, But then the learning was just watching myself, watching my reactions, um, learning about myself, learning, Okay, I didn't have a lot of patience. The brain is is based off of experience. So if I start playing the piano, I'm going to train myself to slow down a little bit. And and now my unconscious can learn how to slow, and it really did start slowing. And you start seeing these changes really take effect. Um, you sitting out on the paddleboard and just being with no sound and and just being. I mean, just being, B E I N mean, G. That's it right there. Um, and and that's how you build that connection. How long? How how long did it take for you to uh, notice that maybe there's something really intelligent in me, and and I should pay attention to it. Or was that from the the psychoactives that you already had this idea that there is something there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was already open to the idea of a being of higher intelligence through my psychedelic journeys, but I was also a radical atheist for a long, long time. Um, Even after I'd already done psychedelics and stuff like that, I was still very entrenched in reductionist materialist thinking. Um, and even though I knew or felt that there was a higher being, like I said, I was so entrenched in my goal-driven mindset that I didn't really entertain it um to the extent that I should have. And that was something that I, I mean, I dealt with that for years, but really um after that period of synchronicity, it was almost immediately immediate that I really started understanding the divinity that resides within all of us um, because I started to break down those psychological barriers that were keeping me from actually exploring those ideas and really understanding them and sitting with them. Mm Yeah. And then the other
1: idea of like working for the military, that's that you're working for these leaders that don't even really have the public's best interest in in mind. And I was doing the same thing on the news. I'm working for these people that didn't have the public's best interest in mind. And it's just our whole story. We're coming to and and now we're at this point and both talking about the same thing, finding that connection with Jung. And, um, you know, there's a lot of others that are starting to just pick up on this. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Um, uh, Who knows where it's all going to go? How many more people are going to pick up on this? But it's definitely at least something lately that's been, um, entering society. And, uh, um, it's very curious because someone like Jung spoke about that idea that this is what's coming next. Um, if you've ever read Ion, that's what he was talking about. This idea of a Christification of many. Um, he actually spoke about that in the answer to Job. But in Ion, he was talking about how everything started off um, in this uh, in the age of Pisces with the first fish as a Christian error. So it was more about the good and holiness, and then the second half of the age of Pisces, which is is the second fish, is the Antichrist. So that's, um, you know, sort of what we've been (laughs) dealing with lately. And then um, his idea was sometime when the age of Aquarius comes around, the two fishes would combine into this idea of wholeness um, and uh, really everyone grasping the unconscious depths within their own self. And that's the next age. Uh, that was at least Jung's thinking, but it's really interesting just to, just to say that because of you and I, you and I both having the same experience um, with catching that spirit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, did you grow up religious or spiritual?
1: Not really. I went to CCD. If you're familiar with CCD, it's I'm a not. Catholic Bible school, like after school. Okay. I went to it when I was like six or seven. And then I was at that age. I was like, I don't feel connected to it. Um, so w- when people ask me was I religious no but I was spiritual because I had like this sense in me I knew that that wasn't really where I was feeling right, but I always had this inner dialogue and connection, I had visions of me doing the weather forecast. Um, so I had some of those future visions, um, and then I lost it you know I go into high school you become an ego you just lose it and you get trapped in the world. And unless you go through what you and I went through that pulling away um, that destruction of what we thought was. Um, it's really easy to just stay trapped in it forever. Um, How about yourself?
0: Uh, Yeah, I grew up in Baptist, not Hmm. really super hardcore churchgoers, but definitely everyone around me was religious. And I had a lot of family members who were very, very devout. Um, So I grew up with a Judeo-Christian mindset um, and belief system, but definitely fell out of tune with it. When I was in my teenage years, um, I basically just wasn't seeing the people around me live the qualities that they were preaching to me. And that really turned me off. Um, and then after high school, like I said, just, I mean, super radical atheists, like really hardcore about it, um, made fun of all the religion, spirituality, everyone, like just thought it was utter nonsense and that they were living in a, a fantasy land, basically, you know, um, so I dealt with that for a few years, obviously now coming back to it, like I still don't believe in their exact ideology, but I will never ever in my life again, make fun of people for their belief system or anything like that. Cause I have no idea. Um, this is something that I would like to ask you as well. I am ultimately agnostic because I think that we, do not have the cognitive capabilities to even begin to perceive what is actually in the universe so i would yeah, so i'll never ever discredit someone's belief in a higher power i have no idea you know jesus christ could come down tomorrow and begin the rapture and i would just be like well damn they were right. I mean, good on them, you know, it's like, but we have, we have really no idea, really no idea. Um, so when I started breaking away from that super egocentric lifestyle as well, it helped me break away from those ideas that I knew better than they did, because ultimately no one really knows, you know, I really love that.
1: Um, I I was just putting something together. Jung was speaking about the idea of the Pleroma, which is sort of the divine realm. Um, it could be the one in ancient Greek philosophy, the collective unconscious, which he names it in psychological terms. Um, in that space, he said, there's no thinking and no being. You go back to the ancient Greeks, you go back to Plato, you go back to Socrates and Parmenides, they said, that in that space, there's no thinking or being. Um, and like you just said, you can't really think or you can't say anything defined about it. Um, and I think that's a beautiful point to to anyone out there that's trying to formulate their idea of who God is or what God is. Um, you, you 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 could experience it, you could be open to it, um, but you can't truly know it in a sense of of, of knowing the whole um, aspect to it. Infinity is really tough to grasp <laughs> if you think about it. Yep but it's intelligent. And and that's, that's really, I think the message, uh, uh, I guess, the underlying message of what this podcast is going to be about is there is something intelligent in us. And if you can get to that space of of connecting with it, it's unbelievable how life opens up and you start seeing meaning in everything. And you have this newfound appreciation for such small things like just going outside and taking a walk. Um, I'm sure you can relate to that.
0: Yep. Go outside, take your shoes off, put your feet in the dirt, yeah, the happiest moment in my enjoy life. control yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, it's real funny. Here's a
1: good story on that. I was out and everyone's dancing. It was like this uh, 21st birthday. It was a family member. So I had to go. I'm not really, uh, I don't like to go out much. But everyone's uh, out and they're all dancing. They're all drinking. They're all having a good time. And they're looking at me. And I'm sort of just sitting there, you know, having fun, a little bounce. And they're like, how come you look like you're just miserable? You should be, you're not having fun. Like, have a drink, have some fun. You, you don't seem happy. I said, folks, you have no idea. On my bike rides at night, I am in such spirit. Um, I could dance on the beach by myself and be in such spirit without any uh, alcohol, drugs, nothing. Uh, it's really a quite a different experience. Um, so, yeah, there's a little story for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I completely relate to that. I'm the same way. I'm usually, if I do go out, I'm just kind of hanging out, like sitting on the couch or just be bopping around, you know, and everyone's like, man, you look like you're not having a good time. And I'm just like, man, I'm I'm having a great time. I just, I don't know, I I don't express it in the same manners that you do. And also, I don't find like you were saying, real joy in these moments, the same way that some of you guys might, um, which is very interesting. Uh, do you drink? I, you said that? Yeah, no, 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 not at all. And I feel like I I used to drink before.
1: And I know what it feels like to be drunk. And it feels like I get drunk
0: soberly. Yes. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Oh, so you relate. Yeah. i yeah. yes, I'm so I don't drink um anymore. It's probably been two and a half years or so since I stopped drinking. Um and felt I mean profoundly better just in my day-to-day life. Um, but also that you can achieve that feeling like you were saying without being under the influence of alcohol, um, which it's so crazy. It's the most widely abused drug on the face of the earth. And it's, it's really, it's really funny to see people who are like anti-drug or anything like that berate you, but then also want you to go drink with them. And it's just like, man, you're, there's some cognitive dissonance here. Like you, You should understand what you're asking right now or what you're indulging in, um, which was a little bit of a tangent there. But, yeah, I, I think that that's a very, very prevalent in our society. And I think that you can relate to people who are on the similar wavelength that we are because you can feel that energy when you go into rooms with them. So if I go to a party or something like that or I go to an outside gathering or anything, you can immediately start to pick those people out. And your energies just kind of coalesce with each other and you know you're on the same wavelength and I I always think that that's very interesting and then also very interesting to see the people who don't indulge as often into things like alcohol and stuff like that so that's why I asked you. Yeah, yeah, and
1: all this stuff is just, it's so prevalent, there's a lot of people that are going through it, but it's just unbelievable that you look at the education system, and you look at their leaders, and you just look at where everything's set up, and no one's speaking about this space, no one's speaking about that ability to walk into a room and feel the energy, no one's speaking about the ability to have dreams that are going to tell you your future, no one's speaking about any of this, and I just, I can't seem to put a finger on why. Um even if you go back to the ancient Greeks, which I've been doing a lot recently, their translations, if you get a good translation and you really read it, you could see that they're speaking about that same intelligence, this logos, and reason and logic to them was a whole different idea than what it's formed into nowadays. And it's just quite amazing that it looks like there was some kind of organized, planned betrayal of, of ancient Greek philosophy.
0: Yep, absolutely. I've had so this is something that I I thought about earlier when you said that you used to have dreams about being a weatherman, is I think that dreams absolutely have precognitive abilities and parapsychological abilities to foresee the future as just a small subsect of what is the possibility there. I think it's entirely possible that you had dreams of being a weatherman because the universe set you on a path that you're on right now, knowing that you would eventually hit the point where you went through your periods of destruction and growth, and now you're doing what you're doing. Um lost my train of thought a little bit. What were you saying? Man, I started thinking about dreams and got a little lost there for a second. Talking about Greek philosophy and the The planned or unplanned. Yes, the planned or unplanned destruction of that true essence of logos within Western society hundred percent. I think that that is planned. I've had, this is what brought me on that dream route is I've had dreams where I've had disembodied voices, whether you want to call them spirit guides, archetypes, whatever the case is, who have conveyed to me that society is trying to make us zombies. And when I say zombies, I don't mean like flesh eating zombies. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is that you are a person who is so entrenched in materialism and consumption that you are no longer living out what it means to embody the essence of being a human being and i think that that percent if not planned is aided by the powers that be whether that be the state media public education they're so entrenched in western rationality not in logos as you were saying in western rationality which is a separate thing that wants to constrain your mind and constrain your belief in the true potential of consciousness. With the a thousand,
1: you see me over here, I'm dancing because that's, I think about that every single day. (laughs) I say the number one thing, the big secret out there that they're trying to, oh, oh, you know, you hear, oh, they're trying to keep everyone away from this secret. What are they, what are they trying to keep people from? It's realizing that consciousness in them, that ability um, that unconsciousness in them and, and that ability to turn consciousness around from the external is just a shift and then once it's once it's turned around then you start really understanding everything through your experience um, that's at least that's the secret because you know i worked on the news if people, are thinking for themselves, then they're going to look at some of these things that are brought to them and they're going to look at it and say, let me think about this. Let me really spend some time with this. Something doesn't add up right. If you're this way, if your eyes are focused towards the externals and you're just believing whatever you're given, it's easy to program people. Like you said, it seems like everyone's just getting programmed. They're unconscious because they've lost their own consciousness, their own ability to think clearly and allow that inner dialect to form. Um, It's just... And it's with everything. Um, it's with every faction. So business, you think about big business. It's the same thing. They want everyone to be doled down. So then they just go buy the same products every week. And, you know, it's Coca-Cola. I'm going to get another Coca-Cola. And then uh, it's it's the point where they get their disease. And then <laughs> uh, they're they're not functioning anymore. So I really do think, I think there is something to that, that society um, is being attacked consciously. And it's like people like you and I that are helping others see through it and, and, and keep that, that spark alive in a sense.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I think spark's the correct word for it. That's how I described it as the divine spark of consciousness, like real divinity within yourself, real, not God in the big G Judeo Christian God, but God the living essence of it is what your soul is made out of. And we are all tethered to source and, through the cultivation of that you can really achieve what it means to live a human existence on this plane of reality
1: yeah yeah and i just i find it amazing that uh, even back then it, it seems like it was attacked because christianity like jesus if you really look at his story he's going around trying to give people that spark that light he's trying to wake it back up in people and he's using images and metaphors and parables so he can use that to achieve the higher you gotta start with the lower so you can understand and grip something that's invisible you start with an image um, but what happens is they took his message they twisted it up they made him the god And now we're all looking up and looking out instead of looking in. So it's just another example of everything that gets twisted and betrayed.
0: Yep, absolutely. And for anybody that is a Christian, like I said, I completely accept your belief system. And I think that the possibility of the God in your form of God is entirely possible. But you have to understand the Bible is a state edited book. They took these stories. And then the Catholic church and the state that was in charge at the time and throughout history took it and they molded it into a tool for psychological warfare and controlling the masses. It's just a reality. It's reality. They did that, you know, and that's not to say that what's in that book isn't entirely true or the stories don't have true, true wisdom. I mean, real, real gems of wisdom, but it's a book. And the problem with organized religion is that it gets to the point where you conform your entire identity around it, and then you start murdering millions of people in the name of a God that is supposed to lead you to enlightenment and be the embodiment of love and peace and acceptance. Um, So that's where I have real beef with institutionalized religion, not with the concept of Christianity, but the institutionalized version of it um, has definitely been used and is still to this day used to control massive amounts of the public. And
1: real quick, uh, to to use the symbolism, I wanna talk about, um, Jesus said he came down to bring a sword and a sword is something that separates. It separates into two. And you think of consciousness, what consciousness does is it separates a unity. It separates say temperature into hot and cold. And the only way to be conscious is, is to separate things and understand qualities. You can't just look at temperature and understand temperature unless you grasp its qualities. So Jesus, he taught love, which is unity and which is bringing things together. But he also taught about this sword that no one talks about, which is how you can become conscious by separating again the qualities and then reuniting them into love. Um, that would be love and strife. And this goes back to Empedocles. Um, he talked about the two divine principles of love and strife. And, and then it's in Jesus. It's in his message. Uh, but something you know that has been lost.
0: I'm not very familiar with that story of love and strife. If you'd like to, would you like to explain it a little more in depth? It sounds very interesting.
1: Well, it was just the, the, the idea of um, the two cosmic principles of Empedocles is love and strife. and Everyone always gets fixated on love and unity, and it's you know, a beautiful thing, but there's also another power in the universe of strife. And it has to be understood and taken in account. You can't just love everything. You got to split things apart before you unite them. Um, Anyone familiar with Jungian psychology, that's the whole idea of Jungian psychology. Anyone uh, familiar with the alchemical process, um, separation and then a reunion, um, it's a two-step process. And everyone kind of spoke about this idea of love and strife. And it was, again, in, in the Christian message, um, but, but they, they, I was just giving that example because you could see how yep. people get fixated on what feels comfortable and right, uh, instead of giving the whole truth. And, um, that's why I love Jung because his whole message is wholeness. He's trying to give you wholeness and he's trying to say, Hey, we got to split up God and in his good and bad side. Hey, we got to split up ideas in their, in their ugly and their beauty and understand it all to truly grasp life. If not, we're playing and p- picking and choosing game um uh, that we probably don't have authority to do ourselves
0: yep yeah uh the eternal dance i would say you brought up pisces earlier um pisces the yin and the yang the masculine and the feminine it's always this constant dance between these two entities and something that i always take from eastern philosophy that was one of the greatest lessons that i started implementing in my life was walking that middle path trying to find that middle path between them, that Taoist way. Um, that's when I started seeing a lot of real change in my life, but I, it's the symbolism of that is in every major religion, all cultures, all societies, always trying to find that molding of the masculine and the feminine, or I don't want to say good and evil, uh, cause it seemed that I don't like the terms of good and evil. Um, but you understand what I'm saying, right? The, yes, say the cosmic, the cause, yeah, there we go. The cosmic balance of, of opposites that dwell within all of us and all of our choices and all of our ideas. It's it's a constant balance in every aspect of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and everything is a one and a two.
1: You got one up top, which would be like an archetype. And then the two would be the two extreme qualities. Um, So I used temperature earlier. Temperature would be the one. And then the two at the base is the qualities um, of hot and cold. If you take the whole thing, it will be like a triangle. And that's creation. And then that monad, that one that we're talking about, say temperature, if the idea, I'm going to use something different than temperature right now. I'm going to use an idea of goodness. If there's an idea of goodness that we all have in us, where we have a moment where we know what goodness is, I'm sure you know, you know, if I say goodness, you know what it is, you may see a beautiful sunset and say, Oh, my goodness, it's like, in that moment, that's goodness, it's in you, it's in me. So this idea of goodness, then you could take it to a higher level and say there's the goodness, there is an idea of goodness itself. Um, this now you can see I'm t- talking platonic terms, but um, it, this is how you could start to, I guess, achieve the higher and see the higher and everything. Um, if anyone's curious about how platonic terms, um, go from a level of creation to an idea of the one or the collective unconscious.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. Greek philosophy is something that I definitely need to dive more into. Um, I mean, I'm somewhat familiar with it, a, a very, very minimal level. Like, I mean, I have a five pixel image of it, you know, out of the thousands of pixels that make up the study of that. Um, One thing that did really always sit with me that I love is the Allegory of the Cave from Plato. Um, And I think that that applies to what we've been talking about in our journeys to the T, to the T. And for anyone out there that's not familiar with the Allegory of the Cave, basically Plato said that there's a cave and at the bottom of it are men and women that are shackled. And then above them is another group of men and women with a fire behind them and they're making hand signs and using different symbols and stuff like that to cast shadows on the wall to keep the people shackled below them in line and eventually one man got up went to the top of the cave saw the true beauty of life and saw what lied outside of that but when he came back down the other people that were shackled there did not want to believe his story whatsoever. He said, Hey, listen, there's a life beyond this. That is beyond anything you can comprehend. And they told him that if they continued to interrupt their shadows on the wall, that they would kill him because they did not want their version of reality to be distorted. Yeah. And that's, that's just exactly. so relevant.
1: Oh yeah. It's exactly what we just talked about yes what yeah. i want to talk about with that is there's four different levels of consciousness in that story so when they're looking at the wall in the shadows this is image thinking this is opinions and judgments and then when they get up and they start um pass uh, get passing through they start passing through what they believed and where they believed that they thought reality was and then they start climbing out of the cave um, they start understanding, wait, there's maybe a little bit more. And then when they see the light, that's the idea of knowing. So you can see how there's four different levels of consciousness from image to belief, and then understanding and knowing. And there's this level called the uh, divided line in platonic terms between belief and understanding. This is the veil. If anyone knows religious terms, this is going behind the veil to understanding and knowing. And it's this divided line that's very difficult for people to cross because that's that death of ego so to say quote unquote um when you pass that line so that that play that play that's a great analogy that you brought up because it really isn't in alignment with what we're talking about
0: yeah, yeah and it's so relevant and i think about it a lot when i have conversations with people who do not believe in any of this stuff because it also exemplifies that to take someone from a level of consciousness to another you cannot drag or force them they have to willingly go along with you and they will fight you at every turn because you are literally disrupting their safety within society like everything that makes them comfortable in life you are challenging and if they are not willing to go on that journey with you you cannot force them on it because it will only end in either your death or a catastrophization of what you're trying to show them because they will only accept aspects of it and not actually fully integrate what it is you're trying to show them because they can't handle the true essence of the knowledge you're trying to impart on them. Um, And I think that's really relevant in our society today. And I think that it's very Machiavellian to look at society in the 80-20 or 90-10 rule, where 90% of the population are mindless masses. And I don't say that And a derogatory term. I say that in the fact that they have not been shown the path towards a higher level of consciousness. And perhaps the people on the 10% don't have a full grasp on it, but they understand it enough to control the other 90%. And then you have your outliers who just completely ascend the cave and then come back and try to impart that wisdom onto people. And like you were saying, you're seeing more people get involved in it. I think that that is true as well. And we're seeing a real conscious revolution in western thinking right now
1: yeah and i'm going to be honest uh, this could be a conspiracy whatever you want to call it but there is definitely like you said an increase in this and there's also an increase in the propaganda so do they know that people are doing that and they're getting desperate to keep the system running
0: yeah absolutely i mean i don't even think well i don't think that that's a conspiracy theory i think that that is a real open conspiracy um i mean if you look at The Davos Forum, World Economic Forum, people like Klaus Schwab. uh, Oh, yeah. You know your stuff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, bro, I love politics. Um, Man, I mean, you start looking. You're going to shut your YouTube page. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. I started out with it. I was like, I'm never going to filter or censor myself. I was like, I'm going to say whatever I feel like, and I'm going to let whoever comes on here say whatever they feel like. Um because the second yeah the second you self-censor you're already playing their game anyway beautiful you're already playing it they're already winning you know that's That's something that's so beautiful it's not well it's beautiful in the aspect that i can respect their just nefarious ruthlessness of the left to control language because perception is reality and our perceptions are based on Words in the way that we can articulate ourselves because everyone's reality is different. And we come to an objective reality by sharing ideas with each other and saying, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is blue. You see this. What color do you see? You see the same shade, you see blue. Okay, cool. This is an objective fact now because so many people have come together and said, This is an objective fact. When you start weaponizing language, you start controlling reality itself, and you see that in society right now, especially if you look at things like gender politics. So regardless of how you feel about it, the second that you start using their verbiage, You're already playing their game and they're already winning because they're locking you into a different reality and a different mindset that falls more in line with what they want, regardless of what side of the problem you fall on. Um, So, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think it's an outright conspiracy that they are trying to control consciousness um, and control reality for whatever means that, you know, they see fit. Yeah. Yeah. And the propaganda lately has just been
1: unbelievable. It's like every day I'm like, come on people. And it's like the, the thing that's going to happen. Usually it always happens to them is they overstep their boundaries and then they wake up more people um, sort of like, kind of like what happened with COVID during the COVID situation. That's when a lot of people started getting into their self. Um, and I always said that I said, you know what COVID is going to be this mass awakening because it's putting people right to their self and it's going to cause a lot of dark nights of the soul. You don't want to root for destruction, but sometimes you do, especially if everyone's lost. Um, so uh, yeah, there's some moments where I don't mind it, and then it's like, is there a, is there something behind the ones that think they're running things that are actually running things, like a small, like a real group that's keeping things just in order? And maybe, uh, who knows? Who knows? It's it's very interesting to look at the world, but there is an aspect that is trying to take away consciousness and create a consumer society, um, and it's really sad because. When you try to help the people that are being destroyed in a sense, if you're trying to help the people whose souls are getting sucked out of them and, 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 and taken, they attack you like you're somebody that's trying to hurt them. And that's where it breaks my heart because you know where you're coming from and you see what's happening to this poor person. Um, that's, the, that's a difficult thing to get through. Um, but what we need is leaders we need leaders to speak like we're speaking and that's all it takes because if you saw what happened with trump and i'm not going to say i agree with them or disagree with them he's probably part of the whole uh, system but what happened was he brought a new spirit into america and if you saw what happened when he started speaking everyone got up everyone got out there was this new energy and new spirit and again i'm not saying anything about his policies but what i'm trying to show you is that one person speaking the right manner to the unconscious can get things moving so quickly and this um you know that's all we need is one person to do it
0: yes yes absolutely never discredit the power of an individual ever you know and that's not to say that you should think that you have found the most enlightened ideas or anything like that because that can lead you down a path of narcissism but you should never be afraid to embrace your calling or to embrace greatness, because that's how great men are made. And that's how changes in society as a whole come about is by having individuals who are whole individuals stepping into those roles and becoming leaders and becoming actual leaders of men, not just political figures or you know, elected officials. They're real, real leaders of men who step up and take these roles and progress society forward and progress consciousness forward and progress their people forward. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said and whatever you wanna feel about Trump, like, like him or hate him, um, he tapped into a energy with the populist movement that had never ever been really tapped into for at least the past you know, 40, 50 years, if not longer than that by any sort of political figure. Um, and we're talking about them having a conspiracy against us i mean look at what they did to that man you know i mean just utterly demonized him and demonized his base um and started using language and rhetoric that really starts to allow people to look at other individual human beings their fellow man as less than human and commit acts of atrocity against them it's really the people who got banned and stuff like that and demonized for relating what was going on to 1930s Germany, I think was very prevalent. I was like, yeah, they're starting to use language and weaponize language in a way that's going to allow them to take more measures later on. Um, And I mean, we're seeing that right now as far as America falling away with them pushing down censorship, pushing down totalitarianism and authoritarianism. Um, I mean, just really, really insane policies let alone the existential crisis of them talking shit to Russia instead of trying to find a peaceful path forward. You know, that's a nuclear power. That's a real existential crisis to not only ourselves to Russia, but to the vast sums of humanity, you know? Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. It's a very wild time to be alive.
1: It is a wild time. Um, lately, you know, I always talk about the issues, but lately I'm at this new point where, um, I think too many people are getting distracted by everything that's happening. So if it's the left, you know, whatever they're doing, but if it's the right, what they do is then they start like making fun of Joe Biden, let's say. Mm -hmm. So then all these videos, everyone's oh look out, look at him shaking hands with the ghosts and all this stuff, but no one's ever talking about how do we get through? No one's ever trying to push anything through. Even Jordan Peterson, he's always talking and whining and complaining about things, but he's never, he's never like pushing people through at least in my opinion. So that's where I think things need to go. If people really care and aren't just doing it because, you know, they want to blow steam off, then I think we need to get past the making fun of and the, this doesn't make sense and the, and just start speaking like and, and living it, you know, like if you're not happy with Twitter because of, of then get off of it, just delete your account. If everyone did it, then there won't be much Twitter, you know?
0: So Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like I was talking about earlier about them turning us into zombies. I mean, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing people engage in, in things like politics, like real life-altering and life-threatening ideological arenas that they're looking at as a sports game or as entertainment. Um, because we've been programmed to look at everything in that way, that is terrifying. Yeah, and like you're saying, the right engages in it just as much um, to use these colloquial terms that we use them in America, because everyone in America is in the traditional sense so far left that if you dropped someone in America into another country 100, 200 years ago, they'd probably murder you for being the most radical dissident in existence, you know. (laughs) it's just, it's wild, but uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree, man. You have to start living your life in a sense that really exemplifies what you want to see the change in society be, or the change in yourself or in consciousness. And that's when you start seeing more leaders emerge and not leaders on this massive, statewide or countrywide scale even in your own community that's where real change happens within your friends group and your family and stuff like that um leading by example and then that's how you start to progress the needle it's the grassroots or grassroots movements stuff like that Mm And then even just
1: talk about those issues or, or make it fun of whoever whatever it is it keeps you involved in the it keeps the program running and then it also stresses you out like you start getting really stressed and it hurts your body and it hurts your consciousness the whole thing is really just seriously throw it away and get away from it don't watch those stupid shows don't listen to the talk and just enter yourself you know there's there's a lot you can do and i'm sure you can relate to this when you start getting into this work it's like you wish one day can turn into seven because it's like the time goes just too. there's not enough time to, to do what yes. you want to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When, were you already on this journey when you stopped watching television or consuming <laughs> media like that? Um, When I
1: left TV, I
0: stopped. Yeah. 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 It's the, the change that I, that I noticed in myself when I stopped, consuming so much media and then being aware of the content I was consuming and the subliminal messaging in it changed my life drastically. And then also, like you're saying, freed up all that time. Um, and there's still not enough time in the day. (laughs) So it just makes you sit down and like, look at people who are like, Oh, there's not enough time to do this or that. And it's like, yeah, I agree with you, but there's certainly not going to be at all. If you spend four hours a day watching Netflix, you know, I, when I was looking back at how much time I wasted,
1: I was just so upset with myself. I'm like, what did I do? Like I seriously was in a fog. I was in a hypnotized fog. I was hypnotized. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now it's like just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable how much I can um, grasp when my old brain just five years ago would never be able to get to this point. Um, it's, it's quite amazing how the brain is it really is in your hands in a sense.
0: Yeah. Use it or lose it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and the the malleability of the brain and of your psyche should never be discredited because like like I was saying earlier, with perception being reality, if you perceive higher levels of consciousness and your brain being able to handle that, you will in turn be able to handle that because you're inviting that energy into yourself and you're inviting more importantly, I think is that belief, the power of belief is, is insane. And it is so profound. Um, and I think that religion really, really captured that and embodied it in prayer. I think that prayer is something that's so beautiful. And I don't personally pray in the sense that we look at prayer, but that's basically whatever I'm doing, whenever I'm manifesting something into my life or doing active imagination, stuff like that, or trying to, talk with myself and talk with the divine is basically engaging in prayer and inviting those energies into yourself and manifesting in them in your life um i don't know if you feel the same way
1: yeah yeah well there's two ways to pray and i think you were trying to get at this there's people that are trying to pray for things and if you're sitting around and you feel like you need something then you're not there yet at least in my opinion i think when you when you connect with yourself you have almost everything you need, and then it's just from that space that you start creating Yes. Um yeah, right. So yeah. um and that's really important to think about because there's books out there like The Secret, and there's a lot of ideas that you can create your own reality in the sense, and 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 create you can, but you also may be going against what your soul wants, what your soul needs, and um, you know, building this 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 disconnection from yourself. So um yeah. Uh, uh during your active imaginations it's not and I, w- I just wanted to clarify this for the viewer it's not you imagining how it's going to be it's not that you sit in there thinking of a red car and it comes up and starts speaking to you and then but it's more or less it you just get to yourself to a space where images start coming and then you're actively in it but you're allowing it to activate itself
0: yeah absolutely yeah uh using active imagination shouldn't have been the term i use there i should have said meditation before I go into active meditation, because definitely when I'm doing active imagination, it's not me trying to manifest something, it's sitting with myself and seeing what my psyche produces for me. But beforehand, when I do meditation and then I go through manifestation or trying to call certain energies into myself, before active imagination, I find that it helps as well because I will manifest within myself the openness and the desire to connect with some of these beings and then sit there and let my consciousness do as it will and show me what it wants to show me
1: no it's just there's a lot of people that get caught up with the whole law of attraction and um, they they kind of lost the whole thing in my opinion
0: yeah yeah absolutely and when i say perception is reality i don't negate that i i don't want to imply that we have utter control over reality because we do not but you can manifest these energies and bring about change within your own life and that's not to say that you will be able to create the life you are imagining because a lot of times you are negating like you're saying the inner aspects of yourself or indulging in the same practices that are leading you down paths of depression or anxiety or whatever the case is you know you're fulfilling those those desires and those shadow archetypal figures thinking that you are doing what is right And whether or not you think that personally, or it is a societal trait that is ingrained in you, that is what's going on. And normally it is a societal trait or practice that has been impressed upon you that you think that you need to pursue these desires or goals or whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then bring back wholeness, like Jung always speaks about wholeness. That's the path of individuation. It's because the psyche is whole. So if you aim towards the good in the shadows is now going to be evil. Um, that's why I brought about love earlier, because if we're all just aiming towards love and unity, then that idea of separation gets into the shadows. And uh, nobody wants to deal with the big dark shadows that are lurking in the distance because they take down your house of cards very beautifully. <laughs> I've seen it happen a few times.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Um, I agree with a good bit of what you were saying about Jordan Peterson earlier. Um, I definitely think that he has gems of knowledge and he helped lead me down this path and introduced me to Carl Jung um, through his speeches and stuff like that, where I was saying, okay, well, I want to start reading my favorite thinkers, favorite thinkers. Completely changed the game, completely changed the game. Um, But... The quote that he has about being a dangerous man and carrying a sword because the world is full of monsters is very applicable to your own psyche and your own consciousness. You know, like you're not going to war with yourself to kill yourself. However, you do need to go into it with a skill set, say the warrior skill set, just for this. Um the story that I'm outlining right now to combat the monsters that are the shadow size of yourself. But at the last moment, you don't slay them. You sheath your sword and you embrace them and you take them into yourself and integrate them and integrate those aspects of your shadow, but you can't combat those monsters without the tools to do so. So sharpening your sword and, and maintaining a level of, of masculinity and, not to say aggression, but capability to fight, and defend what you love, and yourself is very crucial. And that's something that I took away from from Doctor Peterson for sure. Oh, he has so many gems, and and he, he I always have to
1: say a blessing in a sense for him because he really woke a lot of people up. And um, sorry, I lost the connection. Yeah, he woke a lot uh, of people stress. up. I just, uh, you know, the, lately it's just. I've been very upset. I don't know if someone got to him. I don't know if the whole thing with his wife really started hitting him, Um, but I just found it very interesting that he was taking those, those, the medicine and then all that happened. Um, But I do, I do wish him a nice, nice recovery.
0: Absolutely. Same. I'm curious. Did you lose a lot of friends and relationships when you started going down? Yeah. Well, I got nobody, (laughs) nobody,
1: nobody, nobody besides my clients, my beautiful clients. Seriously, and I, it's no joke, no no wife, no kids, no relationship. I' think that I lost my sexuality. I became like a monk. I don't know. how about yourself?
0: Yeah, I think that I definitely lost a lot of relationships um I definitely. I was entrenched in a community of people who were very like-minded and very driven towards a common goal. And the second that I started to step out of that, I was definitely cast out by a large majority of them. Um, but the people who did stick with me, I found I grew such deeper relationships with because I could look at myself with empathy, which in turn allowed me to look at them with empathy. Um, and that just created a, deeper relationship and a deeper ability to communicate with each other.
1: Yeah. Empathy is so powerful. And that's something you gain in this journey. Um, how many, you said you had friends around you at that time, Was it a small group or was it a large group? Cause that's rare, because when someone goes into their self, it's like, they're the outcast now.
0: It, I mean, the people who stuck with me, who were like, I'm real, like ride or die friends. Um, it was very small. I mean, it was definitely a handful of people that I could really express some of this to and them embrace me with love still. And I still, I had friends who were still sticking by my side, but couldn't necessarily engage in dialogue like this with me or really understand what I was going through or trying to express to them, but would have went to bat for me no matter what. Um, and that was the, that was also a beautiful thing about being in a community like that. Um, is, I formed bonds with people that we were preparing to train and go and fight and die for each other in a war. So that creates bonds that are incredibly deep. Like I look at some of these men and women much deeper and more connected to myself than people who share my own blood, because I think family is not blood. Family is loyalty. Um, and that's not to negate the the responsibility you have to your family and to people who do share your blood but certainly you can create your own family and i think that that's a much stronger bond because it is something that you are actively choosing to engage in and surround yourself with not something that you are just stuck with and you have to you know deal with it um but yeah so i definitely had a, a handful of friends that even when everyone else around me was like yeah this dude lost his mind they were like yeah well, it really doesn't matter. That's still my boy. So fuck you. Like I'm a ride and die for this dude. And I'm so beyond grateful for them. And they're listening. They're going to listen to this and they're going to know exactly who they are. So I love you guys for sure. And you guys definitely for real helped me, you know, not like I said earlier, go hop in the ocean and never come back. Um, so yeah, having mm-hmm. having relationships like that was definitely something that was that helped me a lot during that time
1: yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful it's tough to find that um i know i I hadn't talked to anyone until i found jung and it was like i was talking to him in a sense that i was like oh someone understands me (laughs) um real quick you said about the blood and, and and you sort of open yourself up from the family to see other people as family and i don't know this work it's really done that to me in the sense of um, seeing everyone as a sort of part of me um and and what's really powerful about that is you see what they're doing again to bring in the people the the propagandists we'll call them the social engineers they're trying to keep people in their cultures and their little groups and their this is and that's and you know what that does is it just builds enemies builds the other and uh, we're all one in a sense so Um, Just another example of how they're separating us when we should be uh, beautifully together.
0: Yes, absolutely. Another disembodied voice within one of my dreams um, that came to me was I was in the dream state and I noticed a tattoo on my arm that was not one of the tattoos that I had. It was an apple with a tiny slice that was just barely peeking out and a disembodied voice that came to me and said, you are part of the whole and I thought that the symbolism behind that apple and then the disembodied voice telling me that was, was very profound. Um, and at the moment that that came to me, I was definitely becoming very individualistic, which is a beautiful thing. And I definitely think that individualism is a key to growing into being a human being, but using your individualism and using the traits and qualities that you are building within yourself to then give back to the community. Um, And to the people around you, because no matter how beautifully you craft yourself, it doesn't matter because you're always going to be a part of that communal whole. So you have to give all of that back and bring everyone else up around you as well.
1: I love you bringing this up because everyone listening to us might be like, oh, these people might be narcissistic. All they do is work on their self and care about their self. But it's it's really unbelievable how when you do the work, your heart opens up and you become of service, of true service, that service they speak about in Christianity. Uh, it, it's it's It just automatically happens. I don't know. It's very interesting.
0: Is that what drove you to start creating videos and content and stuff like yeah. that? You think, you think that that was an underlying? Yeah.
1: Oh, I give it away. So many free conversations. I've talked to people for five hours once. Uh, the, so many different things I've done um, uh, just out of a heart. And, and it's so amazing because if anyone knew me five years ago, <laughs> I would go into a, a job interview and I say, if anyone's in my way, I'm going to run them over. I could, I could care less about anybody. And that just should show you. Um, another thing that should show you if anyone's listening is you and I both. Went from a position of rather, I don't know if I can call your position comfortable, but you, we're we're not bums. Like we're doing yeah. stuff in the world. I was uh, on TV. You were in the military, and it was from those moments where we found spirit. And and not knocking anyone that's in their lowest that finds spirit. But what I'm trying to say is there really is something there. If if somebody's at their lowest or somebody's at a um, you know in a, in another spot finding that spirit, um, you know it's it's. Uh, there's a lot of things in this conversation. Hopefully, someone listening may may pick up on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of my hopes. Uh, I on one of my episodes, I was talking to a gentleman um, named Clint Russell, and I basically said that my goal is to not reach the masses. It's to hopefully impart some semblance of a gem onto the lions, because if you can get the lions to wake up, they will then bring their pride along with them. It's like I was saying earlier, you give back to the community around you and you bring those people with you and you progress them as well. Um, So that's one of the goals is, I don't think that I have the wisdom to really change anything, but I can potentially create a platform to have people on who do that can implant those seeds of knowledge into people listening where they can then implement them and make real change within their life. And if I do that to, you know, one person, 10 people, like that's an incredible feeling, you know, and it, it would have been way more than I could have done otherwise. You know, it's like, it's not about fame or money or anything like that. It's about educating myself and gaining knowledge. And then hopefully, Encouraging people, like you were saying earlier, to start taking the steps down their own path to do so as well.
1: And you see old you looking at who you are today. What would you say to to who you are today? Man, love yourself. No, no, I mean old, like ego, let's say ego you and like atheist ego you looking at your like, like who you are today.
0: What would you say? I would, I would, I would tell him to love himself for real oh. i had deep deep seated self hatred like deep self loathing um that drove me to pursue the career that i was in to exemplify what i thought it would be it was to be a man because i had so much discontent for myself and what i perceived as myself um so to say it was a very weird balance between like arrogance and narcissism to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve, but the underlying factors that drove me to achieve that was a lot of self hate, self-hatred, um, and just discontent with who I was because I didn't want to be weak in any sense of the word. Um, and a lot of that goes back to like my childhood and stuff like that, but that is how I then adopted the persona of the shadow warrior to achieve this goal. Cause I thought it was going to take me out of that and give me a, sense of purpose and then eventually fulfillment that would make that self-hatred go away
1: fulfillment everyone's always looking for it outside right
0: yep and guess what it's not (laughs) out there it's inside of yourself
1: real quick i want to reverse the question um if you in that moment um i don't know how long ago it was when you were not at the state you are today met you today what would that old you say to you today or
0: think of that you you're today? a bitch he'd yeah. say you're a bitch. absolutely i still deal with that every day you know um i think that calling it the work is very Proper because it is work. It is not something you accomplish. It's something you do every day. And I deal with it every day. You know, whenever I sit down and meditate with myself or do active imagination and stuff, I lived with that persona for so long that it didn't just disappear. You know, it's constantly with me. It's always talking to me. So I'll be sitting there thinking about something and just in the back of my head, you know, he'll pop back up and be like, You're being a bitch right now, or the decisions that you made make you a bitch. And you should have been hard and kept on the path that you were going down. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely what he would say. And still to this day says to me, it's
1: good awareness. It's still there, but it'll go. go.
0: go. Yeah. What about yourself? What would you, what would you say to your old self, your old weatherman self? Well, here's why I asked you this.
1: I asked you this because you said, I don't have the wisdom to to give people, or you said something along the lines, but I could bring people on that have the wisdom. And I was thinking like old me didn't think I was smart uh, that even when, though it was a meteorologist, I didn't even think I was that smart. Um, but even in high school, I didn't really get the, the greatest grades, I didn't try. So I never really had this idea that I was smart. And then when I just gave myself to the work and, and, and a lot of information started coming to me, I was like, wow, I actually am smarter than I thought I was. So I think you're a lot smarter than you think you are. Um, and old me would look at me and, and call him a fool, first of all. And um, I don't know. I mean, I would, be, I would be so rude to me. It's what makes me upset. It makes me really upset because uh, when I was a child, I wasn't like that. So there was something that programmed me into a different being. Um, but through the whole thing, you could just see transformation and how that's really a beautiful aspect of, of this world is, is transformation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely don't think that I am a dummy. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I try not to give. I try to maintain humility at the highest level because of how heavily I gave into narcissism. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good way to put it. Um, cause if I started giving into that and saying, well, potentially I have the wisdom to impart upon you. I think that for myself, it would shut down my, hunger for knowledge as well um which is something i'm sure you can relate to is when you start learning about this stuff it's just a new profound just hunger to read and introduce yourself to new ideas
1: yeah oh yeah oh yeah there's not enough time in the day (laughs) yes that's what i'd say
0: to everyone
1: yeah right but i know i like that idea that, that you said um I just wanted to make sure you weren't putting yourself down because it's unbelievable how much, the the way I see it is the self, we already know everything and all we're
0: doing is re-remembering things. So all we gotta do
1: is experience it so we can re-remember it. That's the way I see it.
0: Yeah. All the answers dwell within ourselves, within the psyche. You know, I mean, that's, that's Jungian thought, you know, in a nutshell is all the answers reside in yourself. And we are gifted these archetypal beings that impart wisdom, onto us through the unconscious psyche and all we have to do is just sit back and listen and they'll help guide us, you know, and then, yeah. Young is so insane. It's, it's so insane. The, the, the insight that he had, that he was giving us answers to questions that we had no idea or even questions. <laughs> we didn't know the questions, let alone the answers. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. That's, that's exactly hilarious.
1: He said that. That's pretty funny. I
0: never yeah, thought that's that. exactly it. Yeah. He was giving us answers to things that we just weren't even perceiving at the time, um, mm-hmm. which is why his writing, I think, you know, is, is so difficult to sit down and and get through sometimes because it was very coded because he knew that he couldn't talk openly about what he was really trying to convey and have people take him seriously. Um, oh yeah, that's something that I found. Yeah, and
1: earlier, if anyone remembers the example I was giving, how I was saying there's one, and then it becomes the qualities. And if there is a one archetype, I was using goodness, but we'll use the Great Mother. If the Great Mother's in all of us, then there must be a higher Great Mother in another realm that all the copies that are in us are, or modeled from, or copied from, or imaged from. Um, so you can see how easy it is to go right from Jungian psychology to Platonic thinking. Um, It's the same exact thing, the collective unconscious uh, with the archetypes. And then they become when we're here in creation, all the archetypes are in us as images of the archetypes, which then are expressed through our experience um, in the world. So it's just it's unbelievable uh, how the man was able to really grasp the true roots of of Western civilization and probably the true roots of of any uh, spiritual practice beyond into Egypt and even Ethiopia seems like a hotbed of a really ancient spirituality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that he laid the foundational step towards climbing the mountain that is consciousness. I think that that was his role was, was laying the foundational platform for us to then take that first step and continue to build upon and expand upon his knowledge.
1: And there's been very few people. That actually the, taking that work in in their own hands—it's it's quite amazing.
0: Yeah, it's very amazing. It's really it's really fascinating. I had no idea who Cargan was for—I mean, vast <laughs> majority of my time—and I feel like we're as a society so consumed by the more Freudian outlook on life, the more Darwinian pessimistic outlook on life. Um, and we've been talking about it the whole time, you know, is, is this conscious revolution and, and expanding consciousness as a society and as a culture. And I think that even going back into the propaganda state and stuff like that is we're operating out of ideas that are already giving us the pessimistic answers to any sort of question that we could have, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, if you see that as sort of the similar thing that we're basically operating out of a, a set of ideals that just already put us in a cage to not even be able to create these questions or search for these answers that are actually going to progress us forward as a conscious species. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and something that might do with that is comfort. The idea that everything's so comfortable and every, we're just like every, the air conditioning in the house, like our beds, like everything is just, so our bodies are always used to this comfort. We're not used to discomfort and going out and trying to find something ourselves. We're used to everything just coming and coming and being handed to being handed to, um, it isn't until you step out of that and you truly break free and you become free That's true freedom, uh, becoming an individual where you can grab the stuff yourself. You know how to do it yourself. You don't have to take alcohol to get drunk. You could just get drunk on life. um that's the that's the step uh, that that many are trying to get to Um, but it's hard to say it like you said because of uh, the social engineers
0: absolutely yeah and that goes back to what you're talking about earlier love and suffering um you know the the phrase that goes around is hardship makes a man and i think that that's very true you know the best people i've met have dealt with controversy in their life but the amenities of modern life are so drastic, so drastic. I mean, we are slaves to comfortability. I think you, you put it completely accurately and this is something I did in my own life that I thought really helped me. That might seem a little insane to people Is I got rid of my couch, I got rid of it. I, I specifically remember looking at one of my buddies one day, actually like my, dearest friend. Um, I was like, I got rid of my couch and he goes, why? And I was like, it's making me soft. And he was like, that's the most trench shit you have ever fucking said to me in your entire life. Um, and we just had a good laugh about it, but he understood exactly what I was implying that, you know, your couch, it makes you soft. It's so comfortable. You sit on it, you lay on it, you get comfortable. And then naturally there's going to be a TV screen place in front of it. So then you're just setting yourself up to be in an environment where you're not going to sit with yourself or think about deep profound things you're going to get comfortable on this plush cloud that you bought from ikea and watch nonsense on the television that's going to completely detach you from reality it's it's just pure entertainment you know and it makes you it makes you mindless um and a so create, too, like you said earlier yes Yeah. So creating that hardship in your life, you know, that's, it's a very real thing, you know, and that's not to say that you need to go out of your way to find issues within your life. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is creating an environment where you are not comfortable to the point where you are complacent because complacency kills man.
1: Yeah, I used to when I was going through my journey of of, of awakening. I was I would wear like different colored um, shoes, or I would wear like a goofy outfit and put myself in just awkward, comfortable, uncomfortable situations You just just breathe through it and work through it. Another idea is the cold showers, like wim Hof. Um, that yep. really helped uh, put me in uncomfortable situations. Um, I'm sure many of you have all your own little ideas if you're listening in on what you've done to to, to wake your body up to to get it out of its comfort. And it's attached. It gets attached to things. We get attached and comfortable to things. Uh, The ego is very sticky. You know, when it likes something, it grasps it. It doesn't want to let go. Um, And to be able to be a little bit more um, uh, slimy and not slimy. I don't know what to use, but not like Velcro. Don't be like Velcro. Uh, Be like Teflon if you can. Be like a stone. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, absolutely. What are some practices that you do on a daily or weekly basis to try to help keep yourself grounded or progress yourself?
1: Well, what I do is, is, is a lot of, um, we'll call it a balanced work. We, I wanna make sure everything's in balance. So um, I'm always eating healthy foods. I try to keep the diet in balance, um, eating different types of foods and, and really trying to keep it organic. I've noticed a lot of non-organics or GMOs, they taste different and there's just not the right nutrition. I don't get the same energy from it. Um, when you're in tune with, with your body, you can pick up on these little things. So um, it, definitely a lot with the diet and then um, make sure every night to do a bike ride. So I'm always riding my bike. Um, and another thing i do a lot is these um, i call them unconscious dances where i just put music on and it doesn't matter what kind of music but i just flow and in those moments when i lose my mind when i lose my consciousness that's when a lot of information starts flowing through me um, so that's a practice that i do a lot and then i, I create listen i create so much content and it takes so one video if i can make a my last video it was 53 minutes long it took two weeks to make it it's a long process you got to write the script and you got to r- r- uh, speak it and then you got to make all the uh the edits so um usually at night i start around 11 o'clock through 4 a.m 5 a.m and I'll, I'll get that work done and then during the day i talk to uh, clients and uh, maybe i'll post on uh, instagram yeah. excellent yeah.
0: ecstatic um, dancing is is very interesting um
1: But I want to mention something real quick because I forgot something. Uh, For my meditations, what I've noticed really helps, especially early on. Now I don't really have to do it as much even though I love the breathing. But early on to really get connected to myself, the Wim Hof breathing method, if you do it in in a sense of using it as a meditation – Um, If you can get to that space, uh, when you're doing the breath work and you let your breath go, you really get into this unconscious space. And if you can really sit in it and get to notice those unconscious stresses in your body and relax them, you really can open yourself up. So if anyone's out there that's just getting started with meditation, check out Wim Hof's Breathing and see if you can start to get into that space. It really helps.
0: Absolutely. Breath work is such an amazing tool that has gone by the wayside. I mean, like real physiological benefits that are scientifically proven for anyone out there who doesn't want to just put their faith in it. Um, I mean, real, real scientific benefits to breath work. Uh, I haven't specifically done Wim Hof's, but, um, I've done a lot of yogic breath work and stuff like that. And that's normally what I do at night with uh, yoga Nidra is doing like some guided meditations and then doing breath work and stuff like that. And it's just so beneficial to reset your body and your mind and relax into yourself. Um, yeah, it's, it's so important. So meditation is so important and creating that mindfulness. Um, it's like we've been saying, man, you're just, you live inside of a constructed reality through your phone or through the television. Um, and, second people get home it's what they're attached to if they're not doing it at work as well or whatever the case is you know people are constantly just tapped into their phone or into screens um and something as simple as a yeah yeah. something as simple as a as a 10-minute breathwork session can completely negate those negative energies that you're inviting into yourself and For anyone out there listening, I would highly encourage you to just turn off the TV when you get home after reading, listening to this and do some breath work and just see how you feel, just see what your body feels like, see how you feel beforehand and see how you feel after. And I would say that 99% of people are going to be like, oh man, I feel, you know, elevated if not outright high, you know, like breath work can literally give you a a feeling of pure euphoria that is drug-like. Um, That you can achieve through simply breathing that's actually having good beneficial physiological effects on you and not completely crushing your nervous or immune system or something like that um, through pill form or whatever the case is and it was with
1: the breath work when i connected with my body when i would notice its stresses that i would never notice before and that was just it like really made me upset to know how stressed unconsciously i was and It's just it's so upsetting what we do to ourselves and we don't even notice it. It's just uh, it's amazing, though, when you can get into that work. Real funny uh, story is my brother just texted me. He's probably going to get upset I said this, but I don't care. (laughs)
0: <laughs> he just
1: texted me. He's not, he's not really so spiritual. He's not so into himself. He's a, in the world, uh, but he just texted me. He's like, what's that breathing method you made me do that one time? Cause I want to really do it this time. So, you know, there is some power <laughs> in the breathing, even for someone that's not even into this work and of, of, of a brother, you know, you don't want to give your brother too much credit. So uh, yeah, he broke and, and was able to say there's something to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty synchronistic. I think (laughs) pretty good timing. Yeah. And then simple Uh,
1: things like stretching folks. I mean, just a simple stretch can help you get rid of those unconscious uh, stresses and and really open your body up and and get some of the blood flowing uh, correctly. So, I mean, it's so simple.
0: Yeah. We're yes. We're meant to move, you know, we're meant to, like the couch, the couch, (laughs) I was telling them, I was like, it's making me soft because I get home and I sit on it and it's so comfortable and I can sit there for hours on end without my body getting achy or anything like that because of how soft it is. Um, So what I did was I got a tie mattress. It's just like a big pad or whatever that you sit on, you know, throw a few pillows or whatever, but you can only sit on it for so long without your body becoming achy. And I think that that's something that's very crucial to understanding that you are also an animal, like your flesh sack is an animal. It needs to move around and be engaged and be active to continue to be healthy. Um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about eating Foods that have real nutritional value in them—that is so crucial—and it literally changes the chemistry of your brain when you start eating real foods. Um, and that's something that we have—that's very detrimental in the West—is is our reliance on processed food and the culture around that, um, especially like fast foods and stuff. All the preservatives that we pump into our body and everything. Like maintaining a healthy body is absolutely in line with maintaining a healthy mind. Definitely together.
1: There was something I was going to bring up, but I just lost it. Um, maybe it'll come through, but uh, the, the, uh, the diet,
0: yeah, I lost it.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> it'll come through.
0: It'll come through. Absolutely. No worries at all. Yeah. It's, it's uh, like I was saying, the, the work is such a proper term for it. Cause that's literally what it is. It's work. You're putting hours and hours into it, into developing yourself on, every single level physical mental emotional spiritual all of it 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 all interconnects and in plays with each other and like we've been discussing you know it's it's finding that that harmonious balance between all the aspects of life and finding that middle ground and walking that middle ground and that's when you see real profound change real profound change because you can live in one heightened aspect of it that's going to throw you out of whack um so like for example i was incredibly, incredibly physically fit. Um, not that I am a natural athlete, but I had the discipline to achieve a level of fitness that was very, very superior to, you know, the majority of the population, um, maybe not D one athlete level, but certainly up there. Um, but that didn't bring me mental clarity or mental peace. You know, wow. it wasn't until I started harmonizing all those aspects that I really started feeling everything go together. And then also realizing the detrimental effects I was also having on my body, you know, all the injuries and stuff that compiled from maintaining that and everything. Um hmm. So finding that balance. And I feel like now I'm in a better place physically when I'm not at perhaps that level, but I'm way healthier because I'm using the other aspects that I've cultivated now to increase the physical aspects of myself. Um, And that's just kind of an example of what I was getting at there is is the, the molding of everything to create that middle ground to have a healthy entity in all aspects of yourself.
1: That's a beautiful I'm so glad you said that because everyone, you think you go exercise and everything should just work out perfectly. A lot of things will work out, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a holistic aspect to it. So I remembered what I was going to say. And what's so beautiful about this conversation is we've been talking a lot about spiritual things, you know, we've been getting into some spiritual things, but we've never said the word ego death because what you've seen in our whole process is there is an ego. That's part of the work. Like you keep saying this work there has to be an ego and i do want to mention this because there's a lot of people that think um, that you have to kill the ego and that's the whole process of of, um, of coming to spirit or coming to terms with reality but it's impossible to kill the ego at least in psychological terms because the ego is consciousness and all you're doing is shifting that that's the transform that's a transformational um you know that's the old you that was the ego and now it's a new you with a new ego that's the consciousness so i think it's really important for people to not kill their self and let their self go, um, but rather, um, humble it in a sense and allow it to, um, to experience the truth and, and the reality uh, behind what it thinks is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The ego is never going to go away. I mean, that's how we function on a day-to-day basis. Our conscious existence, like you are saying, that is exactly what it is, but it's, it's integrating those aspects of the subconscious into your ego and then creating a healthier, version of that uh to the best of your ability um yeah i think that was you hit the nail on the head with that and then i think that so tying that into the people who have the heightened senses of say spirituality without the other aspects the other wholeness aspects of that is you can see them think that they have had ego death conquered their ego and then they become the most narcissistic spiritual people that I've ever met in my life where it's like, they want to sit there and preach to you about all their spiritual practices, but their lives are still in shambles because they don't understand the true essence of what it is that they are trying to impart upon you. Um, and they're still living within that egocentric world, thinking that they're out of it. And then I think that Young's trickster is so, such an interesting figure. It's so fascinating um, because that's what's happening the trickster is coming forward and being like, oh yeah you conquered yourself damn you did good man you should go out and you should tell everyone about this you should tell everyone about these practices you should wear these clothes or you know talk in this specific manner because you did it you conquered the ego the ego's dead and <laughs> those people always just they just crack me up because you could just immediately tell them the second that they start talking or interacting or whatever you can just be like oh, okay. I, I see what's going on here. I see who you really are, you know, and you might fool these people, but you don't have me fooled and that's okay. You know, whatever, live your life, but you're not, you're not what you're saying you are.
1: Yeah. That's so funny. I love what you just said. That's hilarious. Um, But yeah, they, they, they say, they say, oh, kill your ego. Look towards the self. So I say, what am I using to look towards the self then? Like, what am I using? There has to be something we're using. If you don't like the name ego, we can call it something else. But there's consciousness looking, awareness looking towards it. So, yeah. oh well.
0: Yeah, it's very it's very fascinating. Uh, the the age of the false gurus on <laughs> social media and stuff. That's what I always I always get a kick out of that. Um, not that there aren't people out there doing real, legitimate things that are are very, very beautiful. I mean, real, profound things that help guide people and impart knowledge, but you have to be aware that there's a lot of uh, spiritual gurus out there and teachers that are false prophets, to say the least.
1: They take advantage of the innocent.
0: All right, can you hear me better now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Folks, Man. we talked
1: so long as microphone died. <laughs>
0: yeah, talk so long, my microphone died man yeah i recorded a podcast earlier today and uh i thought it was gonna have enough enough juice to to carry me through but i guess not it it didn't like what i was having to say (laughs) nah the deep state was coming in they were trying to shut us down they were like yo kill us mike kill us mike (laughs) oh man they definitely have my ip address i could tell you that. oh absolutely yeah they already know everything about me that's why i don't care like when people are like well what are you doing to protect yourself? I was like, well, I was in the military. So they have all my biological data already, regardless. You know what I'm saying? They've had my phone tapped forever. I was like, at this point, there's not a point in even hiding what I have to say. They know exactly what I have to say. So I'm not going to yeah. be quiet about it.
1: Yeah. As long as there's enough of us, they won't be able to come after the singles.
0: Yeah. 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 That's really uh, really interesting to see is the rise of of uh, distant voices. With the rise of technology, I think that that also is what we're talking about with the consciousness revolution: is the ability to impart these ideas um, is unlike anything we've ever been able to do through the use of technology and just simple conversations like this. You know, whereas back in the day, I mean, they murdered Socrates for saying anything that was out of line. You know, so that's such a beautiful aspect of of America and of technology. Um, That's why the the fight for censorship and everything is so crucial. It's so crucial. The second you shut down speech, you no longer have a free society. And anything that we've been talking about for the past hour and a half, two hours, is never going to ever come to fruition because they will stamp that out without any sort of remorse. I mean, I shouldn't even say
1: i say Just look at North Korea. If you want to see where it would go to, that's where it goes to folks. So if that's what you're excited for, I mean, that's where it's going. If, if you don't like what you're hearing, just turn it off. It's real. Just a click or unfollow yeah. or block them. And then it's out. Very simple.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you want to live in your own little self-censored world and not be exposed to the realities of what's going on, more power to you. You have every right to do that. What you don't have a right to do is stop me from talking about it or other people from talking about it. You know, we're never going to progress as a as a human species otherwise. I mean, that's why America became such a great country. Um, You know, as far as the people and the technological innovations and everything goes. um, Certainly, the argument can be made about our imperialistic actions, but we've definitely progressed in a manner that is faster than anything that's ever been seen of known history you know, potentially the possibility of advanced civilizations in the, bat, in the past that we don't know about, um, which I think could be very real. Um, Ooh. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I wish we had more time. <laughs> oh, do you like Younger Dryas Theory? Do you know I, about Graham Hancock and those dudes?
1: I've heard of, yeah, I've heard Graham uh, Hancock. Yeah. A few times, yeah.
0: Yeah. So even if you don't want to read his books, I would highly recommend listening to his episodes with Randall Carlson on Joe Rogan. Yeah, um, that's what i Because they- Yes. Yeah. Mm. It's so crazy. And I had a conversation about parapsychological possibilities with a um, dream doctor. That's actually who I was talking to before this podcast. Um, And something that occurred to me is that we could have had ancient civilizations that died out during this Common impact that had real access to these parapsychological capabilities that they were using to create civilization that got completely wiped out, completely wiped out. And then I mean, our entire history as human beings that we know of, our conceptions of God, and of magic, and of divine intervention, could be stories passed down through the generations of this ancient civilization that had the potential to unlock these powers that is still residing within us that we can, in turn, unlock again. And I think that that is a awesome possibility. <laughs>
1: it may even be a fact you know that's really where my life has been going i was like listen no one's going to teach me the truth so i got to find it myself and i found a lot of things so far within yeah and i'm sure somebody like you or i is going to find something soon
0: i think so as well Yeah, yeah i think so as well and then just breaking out of the molds of of how we construct reality and history and stuff like that i also think it's really fascinating i'm sure you uh have went down similar thought rabbit holes of how much of history is falsified and given to us like if you look at the censorship of media right now and then you look at history it's like man i wonder how much of this is is real real propaganda you know it's interesting interesting thoughts
1: it's scary because you're looking trying to find truth in history but you don't know if the history that you're looking at is the truth um it, it sucks being a researcher in a sense because you don't know if you're reading truth or falseness you see aristotle talking about things and then you find people earlier than him speaking in a different manner so even then it seemed like there was a little bit of a i don't know so um yeah it, it's, it's it's fascinating it's it is
0: yes sir well joseph man we are about to hit about two hours you have any closing topics you want to discuss any closing ideas thoughts
1: I do want to discuss real quick, the red book of Carl Jung. We didn't get into it. Yeah. This is the series that I created on YouTube. And what's so beautiful about the red book is you get to see Carl Jung go into his unconscious. It's his unconscious experiment with his self. And it's before his whole psychology came. It's from this Red Book experience against personal diaries that led to his whole psychology and he's in touch with this inner logo so you start to see some of his visions and some of his psychology start to come through in its rawest form. And when you see these raw uh, images and you see these raw ideas connect to ancient Greeks connect even further um, past the Greeks. Then you see, okay, there's that intelligence. It's a really beautiful book. Anyone that's interested in, in getting um, the, into the work, you should pick it up. And um, if not, you can watch my series on YouTube. It's called uh, The Red Book uh, Lecture Series or something like that, it's nothing special, uh, by Humble You Media. So that's it. What I do want to say is I appreciate you. I love the work that you're doing in the world. And um, we definitely need more like you. Uh, it's, it's truly an honor to be on this kind of podcast and uh, excited for what is to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, man. Yeah. Like you were saying, um, everyone should go and check out your content. I've really been enjoying it a lot. Um, I haven't finished the red book series yet, but I've been trying to slowly chip away at it. Um, and I eventually plan on sitting down to read it myself. Uh, so I think that would be fascinating. Once I get that done to have a conversation purely about that. Uh, I think that'd be a really fascinating conversation. So yeah, everyone check, check Joseph out, man, humble you media. I said, humble you media on Instagram as well, other social media platforms.
1: Yeah, we'll just do Instagram and uh, YouTube.
0: Awesome, man. Well, Joseph, I can't thank you enough for your time, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Appreciate you. Thank you so much.
0: Hell yeah. Thanks for checking out the show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. The podcast only grows with your support. So I appreciate everything you guys do. And hopefully I can keep giving you all good content. Peace.